Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mink Condition. I am one of your hosts, James, and with me is Joe. Howdy, folks. And Chris. Hey, y'all. And joining us today is a special guest. He frequent customer of the show. Of the show. Of the, of the store. I'm saying the show. <laughs> I think uh, we were going, where you were going with that. Yeah, we thank you, thank you. Frequent customer of the show. <laughs> frequent customer of the store. One of our Wednesday people that we love to see. We looked forward mm-hmm. to seeing that day. So uh, I'm very happy to welcome to the podcast Andy Schaefer to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, Hooray. Yeah. Finally, Andy. Yes. Finally, we got you in here. So, um, so Andy, thank you for being on. And uh, since uh, this is your first time on the podcast, this is like your issue number one. Uh, so uh, it's being on brand with the podcast. What is uh, your secret origin with, with all things pop culture? And if you want to make it a little bit more narrow than that, let, I guess we can start with like, how did you get into comic books? Yeah, I'll go a little more narrow than, than all things pop culture. Uh, we didn't even have television when I was a kid for many years. We used to, to live in uh, Key West, Florida, where we TV wasn't really a thing at that time. Uh, but somewhere along the line, um, comic books and pretty quickly 7-Eleven racks, those racks they used to have, uh, you spin them around. Sure, yeah. yeah. I would just get down there and get you know comic books, and they accumulated because you can't throw them away if you haven't if you figured that out. You know, they're unthrowawayable unless your mom gets a hold of them. And uh, they just started accumulating, you know. And it got to a point when I was, uh, I don't know, like 10, 11, I used to have a lot of construction sites around us in Virginia. And uh, the workers would drink soda pop. They would have bottles. They'd leave, you know, leave them around. And even then, the deposits were like uh, a nickel. Uh-huh. You go down five bottles or four bottles at that time as a comic book. And I would just collect a bunch of bottles, go down to 7-Eleven. And because of all that, I've got thousands of the damn things in my basement to this day. <laughs> the comics, not the bottles. Very nice. Well, just to kind of elaborate before you go further, what uh, what drew you to the comic book, Racks? Oh, man. I don't know. You know, it's like I was a, a, an early reader, a really loved to read. And I'd read like uh, like the Bennett Surf books or all the stuff that you know little kids read, and that stuff is like heavily you know pictures, mm-hmm. you know. And I think maybe in some ways the comic book is a real natural progression from that. You can only go so far with Bennett Surf, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, just started. You pick up a comic book, you see the pictures. It's very very visual, very graphic, and that was just great. And I think once you get the bug, uh, you just you don't stop. You know, if it grabs you, it grabs you for life. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, did you, I mean, now you, you just mentioned you still, I mean, do you still have your whole collection pretty much? I've got most of it. It's funny, as you guys know, I've got three kids. And that's probably another part of the story is, you know, bringing the kids down into that world down to make condition. But uh, of my three kids, Bradley, my middle guy, who just turned 30. Whoa. Uh, whoa. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. We whoa, involved. right? Yeah. So that old guy, but he's the guy that the comic book collection will go to someday. And that's not favoritism. That's just he is so attached to that okay. that uh, my TPBs regularly go from here and show up on you know the shelves of his house. And uh, <laughs> I may winnow it down. I've talked about this. You know, I want to, there, there's comics that I purchased in bulk and don't need them and don't have any particular value, but there's a, a core part of that collection that I really wouldn't part with. 
except it'll go to Bradley. And I don't right. mean like some distant day. I mean, sometime in the next like probably five, 10 years, those comic books will take a trip to the other side of Port Washington and end up on his shelves. I think that's terrific. I think that's yeah. awesome that like, A, it's an easy plan. So it's not like you got <laughs> multiple people who are fighting over, but I, but I love the idea of, of being able to pass that on to somebody, to somebody who really wants it too. That's, that's meaningful. I think oh, we'll yeah. appreciate it and enjoy it. Exactly. Yes. Well, that leads me to then, since you just mentioned it's going to go to Bradley and there's, you know, you were thinking about thinning out the collection, but there's certain things you won't let go of. So going back to when you were first collecting are, what are the books that mean the most to you that you've collected? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it's always funny, right? You, you get attached to something, you know, some of the things that have value, you may not even really care that much about. And some of the things that are probably worthless to the world are the, are the ones you got stuck on. You know, I really love the Jack Kirby stuff. And there was that, that thing, I don't know what you call that thing, New World, I guess, that kicked off with uh, um, Jimmy Olsen and the Legion of, uh, the Newsboy Legion, I guess. Uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World when he came to D.C., yes. Yeah, exactly. The Fourth yeah, World, yeah. Yeah. had a name. And, and all of a sudden, you got these hippies riding boob tubes, <laughs> yeah. cycles, that great Jack Kirby art. And that really got me. So I know downstairs, um, I've got my uh, original Forever People. Ah. In, uh, in plastic. And I'm not talking like, you know, your mint condition, you know, forever people. They, they got into those bags probably 20 years too late for that. Yeah. They're in bags now. But, uh, you know, and then New Gods, uh, Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. The Demon. So, oh, yeah. You know what? Demon? You mentioned that because absolutely Demon. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Demon was great. Great comic book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, all that great Jack Kirby art. I, I used to love how, oh, Commandy. Yes, Commandy, that's Boy on the Earth, right? Good. Another great comic. I love Commandy. And, and I, I, you, you go to that comic, and once you start reading the Jack Kirby comic books, and, and, and you pick it up, and you open it up, and get that first, like you splash page, you know, the first mm-hmm. page, usually, and then you turn the page, and you get the two page spread mm. you know, with this big, giant piece of art. And uh, I love that, you know, and then just continue on into it. And, uh, yeah, I think for me, the Jack Kirby's are probably my, my emotional, you know, sentimental favorite. Wow. I can definitely understand that. You know, That's terrific. Well, so there you go, Joe. I guess I really am a DC guy. See, there you are. You asked an answer. There you are. You, you, the first thing you talked about was the Kirby Swarth World. You know, that was right after he left Marvel, after the long stint, helping, well, helping or working with uh, – uh, Stanley to create the Marvel Universe, and he goes over to DC, and, and he just creates again. The man was a genius. Yeah, I got to tell you, up until that time, I wasn't even reading Marvel at that point, and I'm going back to about, I'm thinking like 1971, 72, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I recall how I knew this kid. My father was military. His dad was military. Our dads were buddies, and he was reading Spider-Man. And and I didn't really I'd heard of Spider Man, but I wasn't a big Spider Man guy. I wasn't into that whole Marvel thing. And he had like all the issues. And what that meant was he had number one and number two and number uh, three. So I assume wow. that kid's probably loaded now. <laughs> I, would I think. hope he still has that Spider Man number one. Oh my God, he was or, or living too. destitute in a corner somewhere, but with that per- framed in perfect condition. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But I, I think it was probably after that. He got my curiosity up, and I started reading Spider-Man. You know, and it was uh, yes. quite quite a difference back in those days. Yes, it was between DC and Marvel. I think. Yeah, well, that's I, mean, I think that's I think that's fair. I think it's where the DC versus Marvel question, which we answered on a recent episode, 
where it sort of stemmed from is that they were so very different at the time. And I think that it didn't necessarily need to be vitriolic between fans of DC and Marvel, but like, but, but it was different enough that it was worth noting the difference and examining the difference as opposed to today where it's, where it's not as different, not nearly as different as it used to be. And, and I mean, Andy, you sort of, and Joe too, you, you both more so than me and James really got to sort of watch that evolution. So, I mean, have you, have you noticed that same thing of, of them not being, not being in, indistinguishable from one another, but, but coming closer together in terms of, of their approaches and the fact that artists kind of more freely move between the two, the two companies. Well, for starters, Chris, I'm stuck on the fact that you just called Joe and I old. <laughs> I very specifically this is all in the end because it's like, true. <laughs> very specifically didn't, but also you did not, you mentioned your son's age first. So if you're trying to guilt trip me, it won't work, my friend. <laughs> there you go, Chris. <laughs> right there. Yeah, you know it's funny because I was uh, I read heavily as a kid, and then I think what happened, uh, and I remember I'll put it on a timeline because I can actually do this pretty easy with my life. Somewhere in the early '80s, like 1980 or so. Uh, Back to DC, New Team Titans, George Perez. Sure. I know I was like all turned on by that at the time. And then I know that because in, in 82 is when I started my, I was 22. That's when I started my work life, right? And mm-hmm. so I moved to Dallas, Texas. And it's funny, I still frequented a comic book store. Now that I think about it, I forgot about this. There was a comic store I started going to. So I guess I was still purchasing at that exact point in time. But somewhere after that, I just got so busy with life. That I wasn't buying comics for a while, you know, and it was just all turned around. And I think that it's like I left the scene for a good 10 plus years or so. And I guess that clocks. And I think it was when I had kids, you know, mm-hmm. so I started having kids. Oh, sure. Yeah. And all of a sudden my life was less about, you know, running around trying to build some empire that I didn't exactly build, <laughs> but you get ambitious at that time. And at some point, I kind of settled back into home life and being a dad and stuff. And one of the things I think came back with that at that point was probably the comic books then. And it was, and I'm probably going to jump ahead to the conversation about main condition, right? But that's where I started going. And I know with my kids going there and buying them, there was this point in time I started buying comics again. And the comics were different. Like mm. there was great stuff. But, you know, certainly DC had changed. And there's all these other um, companies, you know. Sure, uh, yeah. Uh, was it Wildstorm and, and just Va- Valiant Wildstorm? Yes, oh, yeah. Image, yeah, with Image, it. right? And, Vertigo, and yeah. It's uh, it really had kind of changed, and and that's thing I wanted. If I liked the new stuff, I liked the new style. You know, like the most outrageous thing I ever bought and that was towards the end of that period was uh, the Boys. Oh, I got a question. <laughs> well, sure, which, is, which has been really, relevant. Yeah, my mind. I had a question for you about that, Andy. It was one of the things I, I wrote down. I up. I think I put it down. I think I walked away. And I, I might have bought it the next week. I don't know. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, you can't do that in a comic book. That's awful. <laughs> you know, I got them all. <laughs> I love that stuff. But now, but, yeah, it has changed. It's funny. It's it. it I know DC tried to address some social issues uh, probably in the 70s. And you got the, the dealing with heroin and Green Lantern. Right. right? Uh, Hot-traveling heroes, GL, GLGA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got uh, racism they dealt with. Mm-hmm. Man, it kind of went there. And, and it, it kind of did that. But they also did it, other than heroin, I guess, they, they would try and address some of these things in a rather wholesome, more wholesome way. But uh, Marvel really went there, you know, and, and they just, you've got people yeah. having alcohol problems and people, you know, criminals and just all kinds of stuff. And it's yeah. like, 
Peter Parker's roommate, Harry, doing drugs, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I think on the one hand, I think they certainly wanted to make it salient, to make it something like, oh my God, did you see what's happening in Marvel? You know, go read a comic book. But I think more importantly, they were really just trying to make it more real. Yeah. As real as it can be for yeah. a guy who jumps over tall buildings, right? Right, exactly. Other than, around the web, right. Other than that stuff, you know, like Spider-Man's got problems, man. That guy just couldn't catch a break. Yeah. You know, with his girlfriends and his Aunt May, and, and you know, and and it's kind of almost like a soap opera in that sense. Because I guess maybe you sort of started getting these larger arcs too. You know, where Spider-Man's got a problem in one issue, and that problem persists through many issues. You know, and he's keeps exactly. returning to that. And they're juggling multiple parts of a storyline. Yeah. And no, then, I mean you're you're absolutely right. It's funny because I did go back and I recently uh, I recently read. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man Masterworks Volume 4, and that's issues 31 through 40. Mm-hmm. And it's that ongoing, Peter is starting college, but he's so in his own head that, you know, the other students think he's just being stuck up. Exactly. But it's like this ongoing thing from issue to issue that he's dealing with this this very real, like, he's ignoring people around him, and, and they just decide that he's flaky. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, if you're reading some of the earlier comic books that are the one and done, you know, you know, Superman flies to the moon or, or whatever, you know, and it's just something it takes one or two issues and you're done. You're completely onto some new storyline. It's very easy to get off the bus. You know, you're like, you just stop by and you're not missing anything. But when they get you all involved in almost like a, a soap opera, you know, but with really good, I think, adult themes, you know, you really want to stay tuned. Yeah, that's what Stan, that's what Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and later on Roy Thomas, they realized that. We got to keep the keep the kids coming back for more. So how do you do that? You, you, you exactly what you just described: continued stories, uh, continued plot themes, subplots, and you want to come back for more. You want to see what happens. Yes. Yeah. And isn't there a conversation about basically their audience got older? Yes. Well, Marvel was Marvel. Even Stan was doing the college tours in the late '60s and early '70s, and when he became publisher, and he would, you know, he would constantly say that Marvel comes written for. You know, young adults, teenagers, and college students. And DC was still gearing their books to ten and twelve year olds in the late sixties, and didn't didn't and they were playing catch up into the seventies DC comics, which you alluded to before. So yeah, but uh, yeah, Marvel yeah, was most people who were in their twenties and they're marketing to people in their twenties. Ten years later, they were thirty because like that's mm-hmm. math, right? And mm-hmm. ten years later, they were forty, and yet we're all watching the Marvel movies and the mm-hmm. TV shows, and we're buying the merch and. Uh, you see plenty of older faces, obviously, at comic conventions. Right. You know, so their 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 demographic got older only because their their customers got older. Right. And it kept well, on, you know, buying. They stayed. They stayed with the product. They stayed with the hobby. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's very much, very much, a, and that's a, a problem they're ha- they're having today because they have a much they have a, a, an aging audience, and they're what they're what they're putting out now. I'll just talk for the big two, Marvel and DC. They're not really bringing in new readers and so there's diminishing returns and uh as we speak things are happening at dc comics this week that are that are very dire and could could uh, have some real uh uh dire consequences for the company in the near future but we won't get into that now yeah i've been following that rather closely i guess if you relate that to the movies and you guys talk about this stuff and think about this a lot more than i do but those marvel movies a lot of great marvel movies oh yeah doesn't seem to be able to pull that off. So I'm getting a phone call. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> no, you're fine. No problem. That's <laughs> like Somebody from DC saying, what the heck, what, why are you putting I this down? I tell you who's calling me. I am be- I'm being called by Ant-Man. 
<laughs> you got a Watch bug out. problem. Little sidebar, use it, don't use it. But I, I got an ant problem, and that's my bug guy. So we've been laughing all week that I'm, uh, I got Ant Man coming to visit me. Oh, <laughs> right. Henry Pym or Scott Lang. <laughs> I, I, I hope uh, Lang, actually. <laughs> He's a little friendlier, a little more outgoing. Yeah. Stuff became pretty creepy. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it, it's just interesting. You, these guys, I know they think about intellectual property, you know, and at mm -hmm. the end of the day, these are companies who are making money and they have a product that I'm sure they're proud of in many ways. But if you don't make money, you can't keep your doors open. Exactly. Marvel, you know, has managed to, to really have a cash cow with their intellectual property, all these movies. And DC, they don't, it seems to me they're not getting it done, you know. I feel like DC is also shooting from the hip, right? They take these haphazard shots and they think they keep swinging for the fences too. They didn't do all the setup to get to Justice League, right? And they tried to they tried to skip ahead a couple of steps anyway. Whereas Marvel has been Marvel's been you know your your phone goes, my dog goes. Excuse me, I'm going to mute myself. This is great. I, I had the sense to lock my dog out of the room. <laughs> oh, you're cruel. <laughs> no. Uh... Yeah, what was yes? The, the Marvel movies are you know, on the whole much much better and well planned out than, than the whole DCEU, which, as Chris said, would seem to be haphazard and they were playing catch up. Oh, they had a few hits. I mean, uh, I enjoyed Aquaman. I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie. But, yeah, those were good. I mean, the recent Batman is, I mean, was decent. I thought. I mean, yeah. I didn't see it, but just because I, I haven't been in the headspace to watch something that dark, but Joker apparently did very well. So yeah. um, I enjoyed that. Joker, uh, yes, that was it. They're making another one. Uh, they do. It's going to be a musical. Uh, the next Joker, I, I think Lady Gaga is going to be in this. Yeah, she's going to be Harley Quinn. Yeah, right. Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. very interesting. So, but then, I mean, Joe, we've spoken about this on other podcasts, but now they're um, re uh, reinitializing the DC universe, right? That's why yes. I scrapped Batgirl and uh, the new owner of the company, the Discovery guy uh, uh, Zaslav, has come in there. He's uh, taken a, an axe to just about everything. And he's trying to save money. And um, as I alluded to before, right now he sent his bean counters over to DC Comics and is demanding to see the, the ledger and wants to know why books starring Superman and Wonder Woman can't sell in the top 100. Of, well, I mean, it's a fair question, though. Yeah, it I mean, is not, a fair not, question. Not to turn Andy's, Andy's episode into a con yeah, the comic book industry. Right. Yeah, right. It, yeah, it kind of spiraled into that really quickly. Yeah, it did. Well, yeah. Both on um, but it's a fair question. I mean, you know, we've said that before. Like, how can you keep making money on a, a company that's being run by 30% Batman books? Or maybe 50% Batman books and everything else is yeah. just, just there. So, um, well, Andy, just to kind of like as wrap it, wrap it around a little bit to to what you were saying, and so you've already brought up Mint Condition. So, what do you remember, like how you came to Mint Condition, and and what were the books that got you back into collecting when you got yeah. into Mint Condition? Oh wow, okay. So for starters, Mint Condition was on Port Washington Boulevard, mm -hmm. um, and so am I. So it's really just a number of blocks down the street for me. So. Oh. I'm going to, you know, drive past mint condition constantly. I was always back and forth. Obviously, being a comic book store, I was going to just be in there, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't go back as far as you guys go. I didn't know the previous owners before Rich. But um, I went in, and everybody must certainly agree, Richie's awesome, you know, and, and all the people who were working there were great. So as a comic book guy, you know, it's like – and I've, I've gone into comic book stores all over the country, Um I actually go into comic book stores in Paris when I go there. They got this Ooh. awesome area um, with like five or six comic book stores all facing each other in the uh, the Latin Quarter. 
and I'm always dragging Sandy, my wife, you know, into those places. Like, okay, okay. And and the thing is, I can't even read those comic books. I don't speak French. But there's something about the atmosphere of a comic book store that it's almost like a church for guys like us, you know, mm. uh, returning to, to that. And uh, even in, in some other locale, you know, if I'm out of state, uh, in a mall or certain places, if I see a store, I'll wander in just for a bit of that vibe. I'm usually not even buying anything. I'm just kind of wandering in. And so I'm in condition when I went in there, it had the, that magic vibe. You know, it was just a relaxed place where guys who love comic books hung out, you know, and uh, I was doing that. And with all the, the racks were there. And of course, I can't even really remember what I started buying. Honestly, I'd have to do some research. To figure, I could figure it out. But you, you walk into a comic book store and here's something else I'll tell you. I, I walk into some comic book stores now and they're heavy on the gaming and they're mm-hmm. heavy on the stages. And sometimes... You don't see a lot of comic books, which they don't have. Like, we've been conditioned, you know, starting at the front door all the way down that wall, you know, uh, top ceiling to floor practically was comic books. And then across the other side, too. So you walk in, and they're just all in your face, and you're seeing the titles, and and they're really seductive. They're like, those covers, you're like, oh, what's going on here? You know, what's what's Superman doing with the dragon? I don't know. I'm making that up. But it's just, it, it gets you. You pick it up. And the next thing you know, you've got a stack of five or six comic books. Next mm. thing you know, you've got a weekly pull of 20 comic books. <laughs> I have absolutely still- no idea what you're referring to. That definitely <laughs> didn't happen to anybody else on this podcast, for sure. <laughs> you're still planning on sending three kids to college, but, you know, <laughs> No, but I, I appreciate what you said because I've had the same – I've had similar experiences where I, I will walk into a comic bookstore just, just because, just because I want to check it out and – and see what the atmosphere is like, and if anybody's talking, I can sort of like listen to what they're saying because I'm I'm not as current as they are. And but um, but a lot of times, if I go in and I ask, they'll sort of say, you know, what you see is what we have. And I remember yeah. the, the the back issue section of Mint was so much more extensive than a lot of what I see in comic book stores now. Where like a lot of what they have goes back a week or two, but that's that's kind of it, and and it's kind of sparse. So I you know. They maybe have an issue six of something up, and I ask, you know, do you have issue one? And they're like, nah, we've got you know four and six, and that's it. And it's it's just it's very odd. It, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, you've also got in the classic comic book store get the dollar boxes, mm. right? And right. so right, right, right. You, know, you guys have plenty of those. But I remember uh, Bradley had this thing for Iron Man, and so it was a real inexpensive thing for me to do. But I'd go back, and he'd go, you know going through the boxes and pulling things out and he'd find like some old Iron Man. And it's like, is that what you want, buddy? All right. You got your dollar comic book. Meanwhile, I'm paying like two or three bucks or you know, each for like 10, 15 comic books. Right. But <laughs> right. pull that out. And that was a prize. And often I would look at that comic book and be pretty damn sure I already owned it. It was in a box somewhere. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> you know, it's the activity of going through those dollar boxes. So that's one thing you'll find in a real comic book store is they have comics. Hmm. That's very true. We yeah. even have a couple of 50 cent boxes. Pops, I mean, you do what you yeah. do, but when the Funko Pops outnumber the books, that's that's a Funko Pop store, not a comic book store anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. I'll walk into some stores and you got some guy at the counter. He's on his phone or he's uh, he's reading something that's not a comic book. And if you go <laughs> in and say something to him or ask him a question, he, he basically kind of goes, he hardly acknowledges you. It's like, huh? yeah, okay. You know, and they don't really care. And in the great comic book stores, like Vin Condition, you can't shut those guys up. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how much I missed that until I found this place in St. Louis called Apotheosis Comics. Well, you know what? I can actually pick up on that theme, though, because it's like the, the world is a lonely place. It's, it's, it depends on your life, right? But sometimes you kind of want to go hang out with somebody uh, of a similar stripe. And if you're a comic book guy, you can generally walk into a decent comic book store and it's going to be a nice experience. You know, you talk to the guys behind the counter and they're showing you stuff. But what's also funny is there's always some other guy lurking over by the racks and he picks up his ears. You know, he's, he picks up on something and next the customers are talking to you. Yes. And pretty yeah. soon you're off and hanging out with the customers, making friends for, for life, maybe. I, I definitely know some people, guys like Cranjack. You know, oh yeah, yeah. I'm touching them. Where's your grandjack? I'm touching them, you know, on a regular basis. Nice guy. And you just there was that guy who used to hang out back when Richie owned the store. It was that guy? What's his name? Peluso, Joe Peluso. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you know, Joe Peluso owns the store. You know, but it's like it's just a family, and and who works there and who doesn't work there, it kind of gets lost in the sauce. I like to compare it to, to the to the TV show Cheers. So when you would come in, it wouldn't be normal, but Andy, you know, that type of thing. Some place where everybody knows your name and you feel comfortable and, and discussing whatever it's on your mind. It could be the comics, movies, TV. It could, it could be events of the day, sports, obviously. So it had that atmosphere and uh, it was established by Joan and John and then cultivated by Richie and I. I just tried to keep it going. And, uh, and yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, it, it is like Cheers and it's not a minor point. There's no alcohol. There you and, go. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Hell, I play music in bars all the time. But there's not a lot of places in life you can go. Like, if you want to go out and hang out and meet people, whatever, the classic has always been you go to a bar. Right. And, and then you drink, you know, and maybe that's not always the best thing. Right. And it's like, if, if you're a religious person, you might go to church every week. You know, mm -hmm. that's not something I actually do, but I actually really appreciate that. And I really, I'm a big believer in community. I run a music organization. In fact, that's a big part of what I do. Is it's it's about the music, but more than anything, it's about bringing the people together. Exactly, and it's a lot of fun. But there's not a lot of places in life like that, and comic book stores were, were like that. And and I guess they're probably, I guess less prevalent now. It seems to me. Yeah, there are less than two thousand shops in the United States right now. Yeah, and the thing is though, is that there's less shops. That means there's less of that community. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, that's the same. Really, really is hanging around. And hanging out with each other. That's that, yeah, our whole society um, is the lesson for it. Yeah, I completely agree. Because I, like I said, you know, uh, when, when I would walk in there, when Richie owned the store, uh, for instance, if it was, if it was a, a Wednesday, I would not only get comics, but James would hand me the, the most recent uh, videotape, this is going back, right, videotape, episode of, of Babylon 5. And I was ex as excited to get that as I was my new comics. And, and then you'd come back, uh, come stop in on, you know, on the way home from work on a Friday. And there's Rich Cranjack showing Richie uh, his latest uh, CGI book that you were just drooling over. You can believe that he had this book. It was in such great condition. And yeah. So it was just a place. It was a place you wanted to be. And uh, you don't want to leave. <laughs> you, know, you had to get home, whatever. But yeah. And then I was lucky enough to own the store. Getting home late to dinner sometimes. Yeah. Well, I've I heard remember. that many times. I remember you would run in and then you'd be like, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. I in, I go, but did I leave? No, 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 no you <laughs> hung around. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, going in to pick up your books, that was like, that was like the, you know, the most 
uh, trivial thing of the whole of the whole visit. You know, I'll pick up my, my, my books in my box, you know, my six or seven books that, that are being helped me. And then everything else follows from that. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Joe, because I, I was just thinking about the fact that, like, there were definitely, and I don't know if any of you had this experience, but there were definitely times I walked into Mint Condition and I was reminded that I had books in there. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. come back for most of those. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one today, but mostly I could come in <laughs> to talk to people. And so, yeah. so that was the more exciting part was talking to people. And, exactly. I, uh, I'll, you know, I'll pick up the rest later. Yeah. No, that's so true. And, I mean, okay, I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Andy, do you remember? I mean, you were, when you got back into reading, you got back into reading so much so that I, I think you are the person who got me into reading fables. I don't know if you remember that, but I think I remember reading it because you got me into it. Yeah, I've got, I think a lot of us comic people do this. You know, if I like, if I read something and I like it, then everybody has to read it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you've got to read this. It's, you know, same with TV shows, but really comic books. So, yeah, I love fables. That was marvelous. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, back right now for us. Uh, I, I think a twelve issue run, so like a maxi oh, series. Really? Yeah. yeah, they did bring it back a few months back. Yes, but I, haven't, I haven't been. I haven't been purchasing recently, you know. And maybe there's a conversation there. It's kind of like, you know, you go through cycles in life, you know. And mm-hmm. there was getting my career started, but then there was having kids, but then there was not having kids, you know. And I'm so busy with other things that I haven't. Uh, even had time to really read them, you know, and I can imagine a few years from now, things quieting down and then pulling out those boxes and going through every single one of them, you know, but, uh, it's, but so I was, I was unaware of, of fables having coming back, but yeah, fables was just fantastic. I think my wife actually read, I gave her the TPBs. I think she read that too. And she's not really normally a comic book reader per se, but, um, sometimes she will. So out of curiosity, Andy, and I, and this might be, hopefully I'm not, I'm not preempting you here, James, but it's been a while since you've been poached. So maybe it's time. Um, <laughs> speaking of people who don't necessarily read comics that much, uh, if you don't mind my asking, my understanding is there is a tradition in your household when meeting significant others of your children. Is that children? Is that correct? Yeah. I, I just, this parenting thing, I always Ooh. just made it up as I went along. <laughs> it's, uh, it's delightful. Would you mind sharing with us a little He's bit? The Indiana Jones of parents. Horrible. <laughs> it's like my parenting sometimes was based on what I thought would be funny in the moment. You know, I'm the kind of father to like hide behind a door and scare the crap out of my kids. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> was it funny? Well, it was funny for me. That's, that's, uh, see, that's all that matters. Because my kid is delighted by being scared, so I oh, feel yeah. like that approach to parenting 100 percent works, Andy. They survived. Come on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, uh, I don't know, it's actually started with um, another uh, girlfriend of a son I was meeting. And uh, I don't, out of the blue, I decided to just give her a pop quiz. And I think I had a comic book question on there. I don't know. But I, I really scared the young lady. She's just, oh my God, I'm meeting the parents of the first time. This guy's going to, there's a pop quiz to date the son. <laughs> That's great. And she was definitely a little near the head, like sweet girl, but it's just, I think I shocked her with that. And then she got into it. It was kind of just all just ice breaking fun. And then um, a while later, Bradley, you guys know, is dating this girl named Liz, or as we called him, Briz. Now he'll hear this like podcast, and now I'm busted, but so. <laughs> great too. I'm hearing about this girl, and uh, she turned out to be quite 
um, tremendously awesome. But I actually uh, got her quiz ready. But this was Brad we were talking about. So it had to have solid comic book questions. So as you'll recall, I reached out to you guys. Right. You know, and I had you guys come back with some questions. And I think I used five of them. And, and still, my favorite question came from Joe. He says, okay, it's a softball question. Who was Spider-Man's aunt? And he's like, Aunt May. Duh. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up uh, sitting down with these. We actually had her over here, met her, really sweet girl, very accomplished uh, girl. And, and I gave her the quiz and uh, nails it with a little help for Bradley. And this is not meant to, you know, this is, this is all for fun. And uh, it went very, very well. Turns out she, uh, her favorite uh, show on television is Jeopardy. She loves quiz shows. Oh, She's just yeah. that. <laughs> That's I, great. Yeah. And so she was just like, it's on. And so <laughs> this, I left the house to go pick up pizza. And I come back and she's constructed her quiz for me. Hey, oh, oh, that is uh-huh. that is awesome. I love that. Right. Yeah. So she's pretty cool. We actually just had a vacation. And she came with us up in Vermont. So we spent a week together. But she's uh, she was cool. So, yeah, you just got to you got to make that comic book thing. You got to spread the, the word. You know, you got to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was saying before. So for my, my birthday, um, she bought me a trade paperback, you know, and they I, they had visited a comic book store up in Montreblant up in Quebec. And she's like into the comic thing now. She's enjoying it. So you got to spread the word, you know? No, that's awesome. And Chris, I had not thought to ask that question. So, uh, but th- thankfully I have two other uh, co-hosts here. So when I, <laughs> oh, I could not wait. Andy, I've been, I know we've been trying to get you on for a while. I've been dying to have you talk about that a little bit because I cannot tell you, Joe and I absolutely flipped, literally flipped when James posed those questions, that question to us because yes. we were so excited. I think I could see it in your responses. You're like, oh, okay, here's a question. That <laughs> oh, was great. And it went over super well. It's uh, great to hear. Well, we're glad we can still be a part of your life, even even like that. So, uh, you know, the, the store lives on. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's like I talk about, uh, I, I'm involved in computers, obviously, and, and I do this for a living. I'm a software developer. And uh, I have a lot of internet stuff that I do and sites that I create. I'm kind of involved in that. And then for my own community stuff, I ended up getting involved with Facebook and social media. And so I really have like a front row seat to all this. And it's just funny that our lives have been taken over by social media, you know, for good or for bad, everybody is so enmeshed in social media and podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. and videos and stuff. And so our comic book community was largely before all that, you know, and we were hanging out and we had relationships and our good buddies you know, we're down at the comic book store. And even now with mint condition, no longer having a physical presence on Fort Washington Boulevard, all these years later, because of social media, I still get to hang out with you guys. And even just on Facebook, and I'm always, you know, Richard Cranjack's always posting, you know, and it, it's kind of keeps those relationships going. Yeah. Which is Great, nice. Yes. Yeah. Which, well, that was the, obviously the... is really, you know, a, a great effort in that you know, fight. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the, the inspiration for this, this podcast was to uh, sort of rekindle what we used to have at the store and bring everyone back together. So, uh, you know, as I, I've said this many times on, this, on, on the podcast, so I apologize to the audience, but you know, this, the, the podcast is doing its job. Like if it's, if it's bringing people and reconnecting people and giving them memories of what it was like to talk in the store, 
or um, or give if you've never been to Mint Condition, you happen to be listening to the podcast. It's giving you the idea of what a comic book store mm-hmm. community is like. Then uh, then the podcast is doing its job. Well, in a sense, if you, if you Mint Condition was a business and it sold a product, you know, and the idea was to basically bring in more revenue, you know, than you spent on buying the product in the first place. But that's mm-hmm. never what Mint Condition really was, you know. And there was nobody really thought they were going to make a lot of money, you know in doing that it really was a community effort in the first place so if you actually look at mint condition and say mint condition was really about community then you don't need a physical store to have a community you know the podcast itself is a wonderful extension of what we were uh all a part of you know no that's beautifully put andy i yeah definitely and that's what we because we keep, you know, we still find people, you know, still finding people who are customers. Like I said, on social media, like I, I came to social media late. I was a late adopter and I've only really adopted it more so just because of the podcast and everything. But, you know, we're, we're still like people who suddenly find the podcast or find, I'm like, oh, the, the Facebook recommends this person. I remember this person from the Mint. So, yeah, it is it is a real way to like sort of re reconnect everyone back together. Well, do you also have listeners who were either not Mint Condition people locally or maybe even people from out of state who get into this? Uh, I know we do. I just, I don't know if I, like, there's, there's people in the group who I don't remember from the store, but interact with the store. So yeah, we do have some, we have, do have some listeners and people who are part of the Facebook group who are not, who I don't think have been at this physical store. Yeah, because that's, if it's all about community, you know, that's what the internet's all about. And you talk about, I think a lot about this stuff, but we've talked about people talk about how Facebook has you know caused a lot of problems. Twitter has got everybody fighting over stuff, mm-hmm. and and social media uh, across the board, there's a lot of really really bad stuff. And I look at it and I do things that are related to that. But there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. There's so much bad stuff. But the thing is, social media is not going away. This is just no. what we live in right now. And so you have to just accept that we're going to have to deal with the abuses of social media. But hopefully people and more and more will use social media for the good it was intended. Uh, so an effort like, uh, you know, with the main condition, you know, the uh, Secret Origin podcast, if it's really about bringing people together, it begins to transcend a physical place on the map. Being yeah, cool. I mean, uh, social media, it says it right there, the word social, not anti-social media, social uh, media. So, yes, that's a, I guess that's what we, what, uh, when James had this idea for the, uh, for the podcast, that's what, well, hopefully that's what we're doing. We're bringing people together, uh, you know, and talking about the things we love. And, and, and with that said, Andy, I have, a, I have a, an observation and a question for you. Sure. Uh, the observation is that, uh, and we always talk about this all the time, how our customers, not only do we recommend things to our customers, but our customers recommend things to us. You were the guy that got me to start watching The Big Bang Theory. I just wanted to let you know that if you, if you really? didn't know that. Yes, yeah, you came in one day, you were talking about it. You said, this is a great show. There's such sweet, there's such sweet people on this show. You got to check this show out, Joe. And, and um, I must have watched all 10 seasons three or four times already. Oh, so I'm I want to thank you for that, Andy. The show is so you, Joe. <laughs> yes, isn't it though? And another thing, people, you, know? uh, the, the, uh, you mentioned it before, the boys. Um, when Mrs. Gross was running, the, uh, uh, had this store, she ordered one copy of Wonder Woman a month, and that was just for me. When I had the store, I ordered one copy of The Boys per month, and that was for you. Okay. So, uh, and you say you still have them. So my next question is, are you watching The Boys TV show? Oh, God. The, uh, how many seasons is it now? Is it actually had two? I think they're hitting their third. I, I do not watch the show. Because it was just announced that Jeffrey Dean Morgan will be joining the fourth. 
Okay. Yeah. So. so I actually, and you know, they make a show out of these things. And you're, you're the comic book or the source material has a certain DNA. And yeah. half the time they blow it. And yeah. Well-meaning, they get a good director. But if he doesn't get it, you know, if the writers don't get it, like what's great about it, what that DNA really is, they blow the show. And so, and, and, and a show like uh, The Boys, like that was going to be a, a tough thing to do. And so when it came out, I was really a little trepidation. And like, I, I hope this is not horrible, you know? And mm. it was great. I mean, if for, if you, it's great if you can handle that level of violence. And, and I can't. And, I can't. No. Right, no. But if you liked the comic book, the show was great. And they really nailed it. Mm. And so the first two seasons of that, uh, I really enjoyed. And I haven't begun watching the third yet just because I, I'm so busy with other shows i have gotten to the point where uh being a computer guy i have a list of all my shows in a database and i print a menu and that menu is like two pages front and back uh and, and that keep it by the television and i get about an hour and a half a day you know uh, sandy and i will we'll sit in front of the television and we'll bounce back and forth and we're watching star trek and we're watching you know the great and just so many incredibly great shows i've got about five or six shows that i would i'm dying to see that i can't even get to them right now so the boys is that the, i'm waiting to uh get into the third season of the boys but so far i've loved it That's good. may i make a recommendation i don't know if you're watching this show or not but i would like to make a re recommendation uh the, uh the fifth season is dropping uh, sometime early next month cobra kai oh you like it fifth season already yeah have you been watching it, Andy? No. Oh, I, I highly recommend it. It's so much it's fun. Such a big deal for so many people, and I never quite. It's check your brains at the door and just have fun. It's that type really? of show. Yeah, I think you'd like it. I, I will put that. I know there's like that. I don't want to give anything away, but I understand there's kind of a little turnaround there, where the good guys kind of and how the bad guys. Well, because it deals with martial arts, it, 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 of course, there's going to be heel turns, right? You know that they. Uh, it's like so yes there's a lot of heel turns and a lot of like oh my god how could she or how could he do this type of stuff but that's part of the the uh the chemistry of the show that makes it work uh, the different uh alliances shattered and then re then reimagined so it's it's quite it's it's, it's a lot of fun it they always comic books you know because somehow you yeah. had to get superman to fight wonder woman and then superman to fight the exactly Black. it's it's, right it's like an 80s comic book it, it really it really you know it, of course it's it's drawn from the 80s Cobra Kai from the, the Karate Kid movies, but it reads like a great uh, 80s comic book. It, it plays like a great 80s comic book. So I think you would enjoy it. Oh, I, I actually, I literally wrote it down. I wasn't kidding. Oh, okay. Fifth season Cobra Kai. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you something I've been watching, maybe jumping into uh, to, uh, later, you know, your, your podcast, you often talk about shows, but we just finished watching uh, Sandman. Ooh, oh, I, uh, oh don't, don't give it away. I've only been, I've only gotten through three episodes. I am halfway through Andy and I think it is exquisite. I thought Excellent. the third episode was amazing. I never, never give it away. I know better. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Andy's not some, some, no, you know, he's, dude, he's, 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 dude. he knows. He's, he's not a neophyte. <laughs> Except for, no, I, I tell you though, I read all the Sandman when they first came out. As back when I was reading fables approximately, I think. And oh, sure. I yeah. thought Sandman was just great. You know, it's so excellent. And so, and some of these shows, some of these, you know, properties, you'll think that, oh, wouldn't it be great if they made a show out of that? And then you, you say to yourself, but how could they? That would be so hard to do. And, and Sandman 
you know, it seemed to me like a, a pretty big bite of the apple. Like, mm. how do you pull that off, you know? And so I heard it was coming. And again, I, I have a list of shows I'm going to watch. That list, I write down things that aren't coming out for six months from now, nine months. And so I'm just waiting for a show like that. So Sandman, I knew about that a long time ago. I heard about it mm. and from the advanced press. And when it came out, I was, oh, I'll tell you, I just had a, uh, a vacation. Every year I vacation um, with the whole family. And we used to go to Quebec for that. And then the last number of years, we've been going to Vermont instead. My mother's up there. And so for the first time ever, um, we had a guest with us. And it, we had the full bris. Brad brought his girlfriend, Liz. And <laughs> we found ourselves one night in the living room. We wanted to watch a show. But here's the problem. It's like I've already seen two episodes of this series. <laughs> it's tough, right? That series. And all of a sudden, very quickly, we sat there. We said, oh, wait a minute. None of us has seen The Sandman. And so we actually watched two Sandman shows back to back. All of us gathered around. Uh, That's going to be a memory for me. Good. That's so cool. Family having that experience and doing that. And and thank God it it didn't suck. It would have taken a little bit away. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. So good. I, I, I agree with you, Andy. I think sometimes I try, I try very hard not to get my hopes up too high. And um, and there are a number of things out there that I, I just don't watch because um, I watched a little bit. It wasn't good. And I don't want it to take away from my enjoyment of a thing. So so I think you're right. I think, you know, if, if Sandman had been done poorly, I think it could have for some of us and for me personally, it could have diminished it. And to see it done so well, um, it really it has the opportunity to sort of like have it hold steady. But it also has the opportunity to sort of expand our our love and appreciation for it. And and for me personally, like last night I, I watched an episode and I, I had to like really like put one hand over the other hand and turn off the TV. Cause I would have just kept binging and stayed up way too late. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good that I'm like, I know this doesn't get resolved for a little bit longer. I want to keep watching right now, even though I, I'm, I basically knows what, know what happens because it's based on the books. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah we've absolutely, I have a very, my whole life is so regulated just because it's just what happens, right? You work so many hours and then, you know, we have dinner and then it's TV time. But if I stay up too late, I would be tired. And like when yeah. I was much younger, I'd, be, I'd stupidly stay up till like three in the morning watching stuff. Yep. Oh, I did that with Dexter. When Keith got me in, uh, into Dexter, uh, I would stay up till three, four o'clock in the morning and uh, watch it to finish that. off a season of Dexter. My whole next day would be destroyed. And yep. so <laughs> sometimes get to the end of like something like a Sandman. And it's like, we're generally, you know, done by like 10 and it'll be like 9.35, you know, <laughs> and we're like, we really shouldn't. And we'll watch that hour that we'll just, we'll do it. It's like, well, we're going to splurge. We're going to watch television until till 10.30. But it's, uh, and, and it's funny because I, I do tend to binge this stuff. We, we avoided that at the beginning of, of all this television watching. Yeah. Uh, Andy and I. And we didn't want to be like people just binge this stuff or whatever. And we're used to the old TV habits of mm-hmm. one show comes out weekly, so you can watch it weekly. And at right. a certain point, we just threw that in the trash. We're like, ah, forget about it. Yeah. And we will watch a show night after night after night until we exhaust it. Sometimes we'll watch two shows like that, you know, kind of go back and forth. But uh, we will we will run through that. And, and Sandman definitely was one that we just got through very quickly. So good. Hey, I'll mention another show. Have you guys seen uh, American Gods? No. No, I hadn't gotten to it yet, and I had heard mixed reviews. So I, despite the fact that I love the book and re- and I've reread it at least once a year, every year for the past decade or more, I have not gotten to it yet. Is, is, it that, is that also gaming? Yeah. 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 Okay. I love the books. They were great. 
And uh, so I was excited for that. Yeah, you know what? I guess it was, I wouldn't say it was inconsistent. It wasn't great, great, but it was it was good. There was some really good stuff there. There were some great actors, um, like Pablo Schreiber was in that. He's If you ever pay attention to him, he was from The Wire, but he's actually really good. And uh, it, it didn't exactly completely pull it off, but it was damn good. It, it's canceled. It's not coming back, I guess. That's a shame. But, yeah, that's what they're worried about right now uh, for, for the Sandman, actually, unfortunately. No. Really? Yeah, because they said, Gaiman, I think, texted, tweeted out something like, um, it's, it's, it's the number one show for the last two weeks, but the production value and the cost of it, um, they don't know if Netflix will be able to sustain it for a second uh, season. You know, that's, I, oh, that's wrong. I'd, I'd like to see more of it. I'd, I would absolutely, if there's more of it, I'm, I'm there. But I'll also say this. I, I recently watched, and I think it's episode five. It's called um, it's called uh, The Sound of Her Wings. Yeah. And I thought that that episode itself, by itself, is just was just so lovely and, and done in such a caring, wonderful, beautiful way. And the story told was so excellent and so felt like Sandman because it's it's two different stories in one episode. Um, honestly, if that was all they'd produced, I'd have been happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying the rest of it, but I've I've hit a point specifically with this where the experience is already so good that if they don't do everything, I'm kind of okay with that because unlike American Gods, they can they can sort of pinch off this story at any point and be okay because there were there were so many different Sandman stories, whereas American Gods was an ongoing story, you know. So so I don't get me wrong. I really do hope they keep going, but I hope they only keep going if they can afford to mm. do it the way they're doing it now. And I will say that if nothing else, this season already is is absolutely blowing my mind. Just seeing some of these characters uh, from page to screen. So um, I, we'll see what happens. But uh, I will also admit that I'm not going to be so insanely disappointed if they don't get to keep going because I'm really enjoying it. But I also I'm I'm also good with the way they've been handling it. And if they can't keep handling it that way, I don't want to see more. Yeah, Chris, I totally get what you're saying. It's, it's like there have been shows like that that got canceled halfway through and you almost ended up with nothing. It's like, okay, yeah. you told me half a story. Where's the rest of the story, right? Yeah, like Carnival. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't even, yeah. As they say, don't get me started. But you Right, know, right. You know, and they invent all these crazy, you know, eerie, you know, threads. You're like, oh, I can't wait to get to, to the end of that. I know. Lost, right? And then, you know, with, with Carnival, it's like they just stopped. So, yeah, it's like. Don't get me started on a show if you're not going to complete it. Right. And that thing is, Sandman was so episodic in the first place. Yep. They wrote it that way that they were actually able to just translate it the same way to the screen. Yeah. And if they never made another Sandman, like they could just you could just pretend that was all there was ever going to be. You could say, yeah, that's what they did. Right. They didn't miss out on anything. Yeah. You know, it's like I hesitate to even recommend you know uh, American Gods, which I really enjoyed. There's some really cool stuff in there. Uh, I, I do hesitate to recommend it because then I, I know it's going to end somewhere in the middle. You know, um, for American Gods, I'm willing to, if you recommend it, Andy, I'll give it a shot because even if it ends somewhere in the middle, I've, I've read the book. I, I know the book pretty well at this point. Um, if it ends early, that's, that's okay. I'll be disappointed if it's done well and it ends early, but, but I'm also, this is one of those books where I'm, I'm also good with it being the book, you know? Yeah. But appreciate the recommendation though so I, I will definitely put that on my list yeah I enjoyed it you know and, and it's thing I don't really watch 
regular TV. You, right. you mentioned uh, Big Bang Theory. And even that, I, I've generally only watched in syndication. And I used to like Chuck. Like Chuck. I heard great things about Chuck. We, Chuck was good. I really watched that. I really enjoyed that. I generally speaking just don't watch television. It's the whole format just doesn't work for me. And, and I'll, I watch it. I used to tape it, go past the commercials. So it's not that. I can't do commercials. But, you know, the DVRs, you don't have to. But that's one of the, the few shows, you know, that I watched. But uh, it's it's just not a format I generally enjoy. Big Bang Theory was that rare thing that, and it's funny because an hour show is very different than a half hour show. Mm-hmm. A half hour show, it's just like starts up, gets moving, ends, done, right? You need an hour to, to really get a show going. I mean, Big Bang Theory is half an hour, wasn't it? It must have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. twenty-five yeah. minutes, for, for twenty-two minutes without doing take subtract the commercials. Yeah, yeah, they managed to pull that off. Oh, very much so. <laughs> I love that show. But other yeah. than that, you know, I'm looking at what's coming out on. I have all the channels. I got the Apple, I got the Netflix, and HBO, and this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I keep my list, and I'm really scanning for the uh, the comic books properties, you know. And sometimes, you know, the fantasy series. Oh, there you go. This is one. Um, the Witcher. Another oh, one I've heard great, great things about, but uh, it wasn't on my list because I didn't play the game, but I've heard great things, even if you haven't played yeah. the game. Okay, here's the thing. Like, when this started, um, I kept seeing it out there. I was interested, but it's always a negotiation. I'm married, you know, and we're watching the TV together. <laughs> and, and, and I wasn't sure how I was going to sell this. I kept mentioning it to, to Sandy. Now, at the time, I just saw like a sword and sorcery fantasy. I didn't know there was a, a game. I didn't know that. That was all part of a game, right? There were books, but the books came after the game, apparently. And it's not even the same story, as I understand. Oh, that? that, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. apparently some differences there. So the thing is that I saw this as, you know, I'm looking at Netflix, it's like, what are the sword and sorcery comic book things I'm going to be into? And then one day, I guess we were changing channels, and Sandy saw what he looked like. And you get this big guy with the long hair and the chest and the whatever. She's like, yeah. I'll watch that. Yeah, Joe, it's, it's Henry Cavill who played Superman. Yeah, Henry Cavill, yeah. That's yeah. Idea. And, and uh, I, I tell you, it was became her favorite show, and, and I think she's pining for it. You know, we need <laughs> the next uh, season out because she loved it. So it was, it's a lot of fun. It's great. It's kind of like, what were those Evil Dead movies with Bruce Campbell? Oh, Evil, yeah, the Evil Dead. Evil Dead, right? But yeah. the thing is, the way Bruce Campbell was, is I guess it was sort of a horror movie, which I don't even do horror, but it was so much slapstick. Yeah. In there. It was just so much fun stuff. And uh, The Witcher's got, it's funny. You know, it's in a way that, you know, Game of Thrones just can't be, you know. Uh, the, the Witcher is just enjoyable. Oh, that's good to hear, because I was thinking about watching it. It's probably going to be like Game of Thrones, and I I tapped out after two episodes with that. So you know I watched every bit of Game of Thrones, because I'm the kind of person, if I start a crappy book and I'm like, you know, two chapters in, I finished the stupid thing. Oh, no. No, no. I don't do that either, no. Chris and I don't do that. Such a beautiful life. Why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) But I I had this completion thing, and and Sandy's just like, you know, can't we just not watch it? I said, no, I started it. I got to watch it. (laughs) No. And and so the thing is, Game of Thrones, I saw all of it, and it had so much promise. And I felt like it just got worse and worse. 
And yeah, they still had the production values, but yeah. the story didn't grab me and I didn't care. And the characters I thought were kind of inconsistent. You know, I'm still in some ways a big kid. I want my heroes to be heroes. Mm. You know, I, I want to have the good guys versus the bad guys. I, I love nuance too, but I really, particularly in sword and sorcery, you know, I want to see the good guys to be the bad guys. And it just got crappy. You know, and so no, Game of Thrones, not a big fan. Watched it was all right. I'm looking forward to the new one, House of Dragons. I'll, yeah, there I go. I'll it's like finishing. I'll watch it. We'll watch it. <laughs> but The Witcher was an absolute pleasure. If I, if I was yelping it, I give you the five stars out of five stars. Wow. 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 Yeah. Okay. All right, that is some seriously high praise. Yeah, but just, but not because I'm telling you critically, it's some brilliant thing. Sure. I don't. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think you had the same reaction to which that I had to Cobra Kai. I know it's not high art, but it's go. fun. It's it's fun. And and uh, you want to sit down at the end of a long day and watch something that's entertaining and fun. Nothing wrong with that. Are your days long, Joe? My days are very long being retired now. Yes, Andy. Yes. I think you might have had an inkling to that question, the answer to that question before he asked it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sometimes they could be. Uh, and they've been getting a, a bit longer with the way the Yankees have been tanking lately. But no, we won't go into that. That's for another episode. Well, Sports so shorts. Swerve, yeah. <laughs> James, James, do something about that. Moderate. Yeah, well, I think we've, uh, we've transitioned into the recommendation section of the show. So um, yes. um, at this point, uh, so Andy, do you have any other recommendations before I'll open it up to, uh, to Joe and Chris? God, give, give me a bit. You know what? I don't, I know what I'll do. So you guys get started without me. I'm actually going to pull up my little database. And I'll go through that, and then I'll know exactly what to recommend. All okay. right. So, so you know, uh, like I'm, I've gotten a little older, not tremendously older, not as old as Joe. No. <laughs> no. no. Joe. My, my, my no there's hot, very few people on the planet as old as I. Oh, my God. Poor Joe. That's not so bad. But I, don't, I can't <laughs> recall. That's actually a topic right there, is that you go to a comic book store. You got guys like Joe. It's like, oh, no, that, that was issue 76. It came out on April 12th, 1968. You know, 68. 68. And that's the writer that you're like, oh, my God. That level of memory. And, well, Joe, but I think Joe would bow to Rich Cranjack, right? With oh, without dog. a doubt. Oh, 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 Rich wow. Cranjack is the dean of comic history. Yes. He is. He's, he, and, uh, and Jack, Adrian. Let's oh, yeah, Jack, here. Jack, yeah. Rich and Jack. No, I bow to both of them. Yes. Um, well, Andy, I'll give you a moment. So, um, so I'll tell you even right now, I'm looking at the list. I can tell you oh, a little bit. Okay, okay cool. Right. Because it's an alphabetical list. We watched, uh, I think I didn't quite finish it, but Cowboy Bebop we were enjoying. Okay. You know, which is sort of a, a comic book spacey kind of a thing. But then I also know that it's one of those things where it didn't get renewed. Right. Yeah, I heard that as well. That's the live action, not the, not the, uh, the, the anime, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, live action. And, and that's kind of a shame that that was the case there, you know, uh, I'm reading my list here, enjoyed the Eternals, but not great. The Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. Most, most people say, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it really, I'll argue with them. I mean, it, it wasn't great. You know, I, I enjoyed it, like seeing it, but you know, it promised not really met. I enjoyed Hawkeye on Disney. I haven't gotten to that yet. I, I like Hawkeye. That. Hawkeye was fun. I, I definitely like that. Oh, here's another one, sort of in the general neighborhood. This was something we watched um, on our family vacation. We all watched uh, Lightyear. Oh, yeah. That was good. It was really great. A lot of fun. And, and some people got hung up on it because they were like, oh, it's different than Toy Story. It wasn't exactly the same and stuff. And there's a really interesting part of that. I didn't realize until the film started 
is that, yes, it's Buzz Lightyear, but, you know, Buzz Lightyear was a toy that, that Andy had. Right. Right. It's right. Andy's toys and Buzz Lightyear is a toy. This, the Lightyear movie is supposed to be the movie that Andy saw and then went and bought the merchandise. Oh, right. good point. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. That was pretty great. Yeah, oh, it's a, another one. It's different, yeah. This was interesting. We managed to get about four episodes into Moon Knight before Sandy jumped off the bus. Oh, I love Moon Knight. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed Moon Knight. I liked it, but it was like, see, now I don't get to see that. I, I got to find the time to go watch it. She's like, oh, you can watch it on your own time. It's like, I'll have my own time. <laughs> oh, well, you, you say you finish stuff that you don't, you don't enjoy, so you should finish that, Andy. It's only two what, six episodes, James? Six episodes, yeah. Yeah, you, you can find time for the six episodes. Uh, I, no, I mean, I, I but I can appreciate six the fragmented sort of this is this is our TV time together and this is when we watch TV. And if I stay up too late, it screws up the next day. Like, I, I totally get that. There are definitely shows where I'm like, ah, I got to make time for that. But I... But I honestly don't know when, especially if, depending on what it is, if Christina doesn't want to watch it, I'm in that same boat of like, okay, well, I mean, I'll get to it when I get to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're in out of times. It's funny. It's, it's part of coupledom. You know, if you're real coupled, coupledom, you know, but it's like, yeah. I, I accept that, but it means that I don't get to see it. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, there's like the Star Trek guys and the Star Wars guys. Mm-hmm. I was more of a Star Trek guy. So, you know, I, I don't have that deep love of Star Wars like some people. There are people waiting in line for days to get tickets. So Obi-Wan Kenobi was all right. You know, mm-hmm. wasn't didn't bowl me over, though. I've yet to finish it. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi is one that I absolutely loved, but I can, yeah. I can see how other people not so much, especially if if you were more of a star trek fan i mean i think there's room for overlap between the two but but i also think the two can be mutually exclusive in terms of the, the type of storytelling we see yeah I, I can't even claim to be like a total trekkie either but I, I do know that it's just the star wars i like star wars but it didn't i just seeing the reactions you know from friends yeah. who were just going insane over this i'm like all right Good. It's a, it's a nice DC Marvel conversation. Star Wars, yeah. Star Trek. Sell my house for you know uh, a Luke Skywalker statue or something. You know. <laughs> Andy, have you seen Star Trek: Strange New Worlds yet? I just saw the uh, first episode. Oh. Listen to our reaction videos. We we, we love it. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, I liked it too. Yes. I definitely liked it. It's. Uh, I think it's the best Star Trek since Deep Space Nine. I uh, yeah, I can see that's going to get there. The. Uh, the card was pretty good, you know, and I enjoyed that, but it wasn't grabbed me quite as much. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, we enjoyed, you know, but uh, yeah, personally, I, I thought that this this new one really does hold some promise. Like you yeah. say, it's, it kind of goes back to the older way of doing things. It holds a lot of promise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it does. did a good job. Oh, okay, here's one for you. This is something right out of like the boys, but hey, Joe, did you yeah. see Peacemaker? No, I get that's uh, I get to watch I saw it. Peacemaker. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yep. I, I, I like Peacemaker. Peacemaker it was again violent, some violence, but it was uh it was it was good. I, I, it's, I thought uh, John Cena, right? John Cena, yeah. Okay, I'll yeah, get to that. I'll what? get to that eventually. And I tell you a really good litmus test around here is uh, Sandy is not a uh, a comic book person. You know, she'll read by TPBs once in a while and and she's not really super into action flicks, you know. Um, so when Sandy does like one of these things must be pretty good and it must be operating on multiple levels okay. and she really enjoyed peacemaker 
interesting. You know, that uh, that is was just great. Honestly. Okay. But, uh, haven't started She-Hulk yet. I like yeah. the first episode. I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. So I it's got it's got the John Byrne fourth wall stuff and comedy going on. So I'm I'm in for it. Oh Somebody yeah, I heard about that. The fourth wall. Yeah, they break the fourth wall. Yeah. You're hearing you're hearing my phone ringing now, which I I'm sure it's a robocall. So <laughs> maybe it's the bug guy again. Maybe, maybe it's Scott Lang again. He's probably outside right now, spraying oh. for ants. He better be. I'm like I'm like getting attacked by ants over here. Hope it doesn't spray Janet. <laughs> oh, and again, it's fun. Certain shows. This is an interesting thing too. Is there shows that weren't comic books? You know, uh, that it's, you're not really talking comic books. There are comic books, but you almost think like they could have been or should have been. And in fact, there's even a, a connect there. You see Station Eleven? Ah, uh, no. Haven't even heard of that one. Oh, really? No, no. Uh, Station Eleven. Uh, it was a book. And there's actually a few books that are all interconnected, but it's not a series. They're just there's connections. Certain characters are in them by Emily St. John Mandel, I think it's the name. And, and Station Eleven, it won awards. And it was a really uh, great book. And they did a great HBO TV series out of it. It's funny that uh, it's kind of a, an apocalypse kind of a thing going on. And there's this little girl that you meet in the beginning before the apocalypse. And then you catch up with her and she's like, you know, 10, 15 years later. And just the night before this, essentially this disease-based apocalypse hits, somebody gives her a comic book that somebody had worked on very lovingly. And then you eventually, it's only limited print. They only made like about 20 copies before production. And she's given this comic book. And for her, it becomes like the most important thing in the world. You know, and, and she's, having, you know, been young when this thing happened. She's not really sure where reality begins and ends. You know, is Station look real, not real? So it's funny that a comic book is actually a the comic book itself becomes very central to the plot of that. But Station Eleven is that HBO. It's great. Definitely recommend the book. Okay. So, oh, very cool. I'll check it out. But, uh, yeah. So I most people don't have a, a database in front of them to just go reading through to, to tell you what they're watching. But uh, that's no, oh, I, I get it. It makes sense. It's, it's a good it list. Yeah, yeah. Keep track. This one. Okay. Um, have you guys been watching Umbrella Academy? Mm, no, that's yeah, on my list of things to watch, but I haven't gotten to yeah. it yet now. Umbrella Academy. Um, and again, it got the Sandy seal of approval, right? So Okay, you know what? Okay. But, that's uh, that's the Gerard Way comic, based on the Gerard Way comic book, right? Umbrella yeah, exactly. Academy? Yeah. It's funny. Okay. He's like the uh, lead guy, whatever, singer, et cetera, um, for My Chemical Romance. And I think it was the second season where they actually had his music as the theme song for it. Oh, really? He, okay. He was like... He I'm writing all this down, Andy. Okay, I'm writing write that down too. Rock star, right? But he absolutely goes off and writes a comic book, and it's really, you know, it's good. But uh, and I've read the comic book. I tell you, the, the show, I almost like the show better than the comic book. But the, oh. the show is, again, you, you get those kind of mostly, you know, superhero slash a little sci-fi stuff going on but a show can have those themes and be terrible right yes uh, umbrella, academy, the arrowverse. <laughs> umbrella academy is funny yeah it's really and again you can tell because it's it's 9 30 at night and we're supposed to be getting ready to go to bed pretty soon and we're opting to watch another one uh, very that's, bingeable that is so the, umbrella academy, 
recommend for me. No, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I've seen it advertised on Netflix a lot. It's come up in, in you know a lot of other podcasts to listen to and things online. So it's definitely been on my list to eventually watch. So it's good. It's good. It's got a good ringing endorsement from you and Sandy. Well, yeah. And I, and I told you this was going to be an alphabetical list, and that was the U. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Witcher out of order, but that's it's because that was just so great. I, I just you had to, yeah, that had jumped to the top of the that list. Was, that was part of our regular conversation. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's great, Andy. I love the list. I like how organized you are. And I, I, I was nice after all this time since we, since you're not really like, as you said, up to date on comic books, you, we got, you got, gave us your up to date things under the TV shows you're watching, which are all things we have touched upon in previous episodes of this podcast. So I, I, we, you've gotten us up to speed on, on your thoughts on it, which is, uh, which is great. Cool. I'm not, I'm not only a comic book nerd, I'm a TV nerd. (laughs) And join the club. (laughs) Um, well, so I guess I'll move, I'll move on to, um, to Joe. Well, you got any recommendations for this week? I have a couple of books. Um, Andy was talking about Spider-Man before and, uh, uh, I have, I received just recently, uh, my uh, volume eight of amazing Spider-Man epic collection. And what's interesting about this, um, volume from beginning to end, it's all Ross Andrew Spider-Man artwork. And I know I've sung Ross Andrew's praises before, and I will continue to sing the praises of Ross Andrew. He's one of the most underrated comic book artists in the history of the medium. And uh, I don't know if this is on our non-sponsor sponsor, James. Uh, Epic, Epic Collection, Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 8. But if it is, I, I highly recommend it just for the Ross Andrew artwork and the pretty damn good uh, Jerry Conway stories that are in here it, also. It could be, Joe. It's just, they, like I said, they don't give you the volume numbers all the well, time. Yeah, that's how we talked about this re- re- yeah, before. Well, it has a subtitle, Man Wolf, Man Wolf at Midnight. Yes, that one just got released on the book. Cool, I'm glad to hear that. Great. Yes. And I have a, a novel, but this is again, this is Joe's uh, one of Joe's passions, westerns. And I finally found it's a brand new, updated novel that came out uh, last year, and it's a, a retelling of the origin of the Lone Ranger by John P A U L I T S. It's called The Adventures of the Lone Ranger, and I can't wait to start this book. So very cool, Joe. Those are my two recommendations. That's great, that's, Joe. Very yeah, nice. that's great. Um, Chris, what do you got for this week? Okay, uh, a couple of things. One, I know we already mentioned it, but Sandman, I'm about halfway through, and I, like I mentioned it before, it's, I think it's I think it's exquisite. I think it's beautifully done. I think it's excellently scripted, written, acted. Production values are, are out of this world. It's it's really something special. Um, I recently finished No Death, No Fear um, by by Tik Nhat Han. Um, it's basically, <clears throat> excuse me, comforting wisdom. Uh, from a from a very well known, I think he died earlier this year, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, we lost him earlier this year. Yeah, but Buddhist monk and and scholar who's who's written quite a lot of books, and so very very interesting. I really appreciated the the reminders to to stay in the moment, and um, and he, I think Buddhist teachings can somehow sometimes feel a little, um, even though they're they're. There's that weird hyper, uh, not hyper, hyperbole, but the weird catch twenty two of of, um, you know, trying don't try to avoid pain because that will cause you more pain, and the idea that that uh, the only permanence is impermanence. So it's 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 asking you to reach for a lot of things, but it's also very forgiving of you when you fall short because of course you're going to fall short. Um, so it was it was nice to read. It was comforting to read, um, and it was it was a nice sort of reminder to stay grounded. So I liked that. I liked that it wasn't a textbook. 
Um, I liked that it was like it, it felt like just just some advice being shared. So I, I really liked that one. No, no death, no fear was was really quite good. Um, and then so that's my book. That's my TV show. Um, I don't have a, a movie right now, um, but I will say that I I recently read Age of Ultron by uh, by Bendis and really enjoyed it. Um, I am in the process. I'm about a quarter of the way through Preacher book one. I don't think it's for me. In this case, I will finish it. Um, but mm. mine's been watching the TV show, really dug it. And I was like, ah, I'm probably not going to make time to watch it, but I'll make time to read it. So I'm a quarter of the way through. It's interesting, but I, I don't know if it's for me or not. Um, and then I did recently finish Marvel's Voices Identity. And that's the the compilation of Asian American characters and um, and essays from Asian American creators. And I really enjoyed that. I thought there was a lot of a lot of good, cool stuff in there. Um, which I really appreciated. So I guess my, my recommendation would be Age of Ultron. Um, and I would also recommend Marvel's Voices Identity. So that's it for me. Very nice, Chris. Uh, I'm going to recommend something that you and Joe have both recommended, but I finally got to read is, is Batman, The Adventure Continues Season 1. I oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got that from Joe and I really liked it. Yeah, so uh, it's made it through the rounds through all three of us, so it's got the uh, triple thumbs up approval from the. Uh, I just the finished season two. Podcast. season two came out. And I just finished that. I saw that popped up on Hoopla, yeah. so I have to I have to take a look, dive into that. Oh, uh, soon. I'm sorry. Um, I do have I do have one more. Um, sorry, Jim. Sure. Look quickly. This is I, Joe. Did you get anything in the mail? I haven't checked the mail yet today, Chris. Oh, <laughs> I can't show this recommendation yet. It's still a surprise for Joe. Something's going to be in his, in his mail. So next well, time I know what I'm going to do. So it's just this uh, podcast is over. I know where I'm headed. Yeah, next, <laughs> next, time, next time we record, it should have gotten to you on Monday. So I'm a little like wary. But uh, but next time we record, I'll, I'll suggest this. So sorry. Go, go, go ahead, James. Oh, sure. No problem. Um, I'm currently reading and enjoying um, World's Finest by Dave Gibbons. I've never read that. Oh, um, so that Okay. Yeah, that's like the original. I wouldn't say the original World's Finest, but I remember no. that's like the World's Finest series from a, from a while back. Um, so I'm enjoying enjoying that. And uh, you know, I'm I'm enjoying it. It can be a little silly. It can be a little, a little stupid, but I'm enjoying it so far. Is I started watching the Orville. Um, well, I'm the enjoying the show. It's um, some of the some of the comedy is, is a little much at times in the first season, but I know the recent season from what I've heard, and I think Adrian even mentioned online is really good. So I'm looking forward to get going, getting up to that. But I thought some of the season one episodes have been really solid so far. Um, I like the crew. I like the like the different things. It's very obviously next gen inspired, yes, which yes. I, which I, I, I he said directly Seth MacFarlane that he was taking from next love gen. Love the next gen exactly. Yeah, and uh, it's handling some really interesting, you know, moral sci fi mm-hmm. stuff, but also having some comedy in it. And and as a throwback for a movie that way back to our what is science fiction episode part two, I recently watched the movie Gattaca. So uh, oh, that was yeah. like Jack's number three or four, I think, on his list of um, top science fiction movies. Great. And um, I thought it was good. It was good. I, I don't love it as much as Contact, which I recently watched finally. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but I thought Gattaca was good. I felt like the movie, the movie really feels like they shot a old old time science fiction novel. Aside from like the set dressing and everything, the way that the, they let the plot in some areas in modern storytelling, you'd probably go deeper into certain plot elements or, or make the story, what we call like decompressed storytelling, Joe. I, I think mm-hmm. they didn't do it. They just kind of like, this is the story. Some of these things you're not going to understand. We're not going to get into what's going on. This is it. And I appreciate that. So yeah, I um, appreciate that too. So I liked Gattaca. And those are my recommendations for the week uh, or for this po- episode anyway. 
Uh, Andy, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, in which, in which case we would love to have you back at some point in the future. It was a lot of fun. I should yeah. be working right now. Okay, well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll tell anybody. We'll tell you. Right now, right now, I'm goofing off. I mean, this is some of the most fun I've had goofing off in a while. So it was oh. a real pleasure to do this with you guys. Oh, my oh. pleasure, please. It was yes, so, so yes. good having you. Thank you yes. for coming. So thank you so much for being on, and you will we'll be having you on again. And of course, um, uh, thank you to my other co-hosts, uh, Joe. Thank you for being here uh, once again. Just a great pleasure, and having Andy with us uh, it brings back such great memories of this of the store. So yeah, thanks again. Absolutely, and Chris, thank you for being here. Uh, always happy to be here, and Andy, I'm so glad we finally got you on. We've been looking to, forward to this for for so long. So thank you for, for this. This was a delight. Oh yeah, you're welcome. And listening audience, thank you for joining us once again. As always, if you have thoughts, comments, or your own thoughts on the TV and recommendation that Andy went through with us today, please leave it in in the comments section when this episode posts. We'd love to hear it from you. If you want to reach us any other way, you can reach us at secretoriginsmc at gmail.com. You could also see um, see us on Instagram, secretoriginsmc. And uh, if you have the time, we'd always appreciate you leaving a rating and a review, however you listen to this podcast, and obviously sharing this episode with anyone you think might enjoy it. We thank you for listening, and we will talk to you on the next episode.